You're invited to join thousands of Episcopalians, neighbors, and friends this summer at the Love Always Revival at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. On Saturday, June 22nd, get immersed in inspiring worship and community, deepen your love for God, kick off the 81st General Convention, and extend a warm welcome to folks discovering the Episcopal Church. The revival is free to attend, so bring your friends. If you're from a neighboring diocese, check in with your diocesan revival champion to find out about group travel options. You can find more information along with registration at iam.ec slash lovealways. This is Bishop Michael Curry, and you're listening to The Way of Love. Welcome to the Way of Love podcast with Bishop Michael Curry, a podcast from the Episcopal Church about following Jesus and changing the world. I'm your host, Sandy Millien. In this episode, Bishop Curry talks with the Most Reverend Tabo Makoba, Anglican Archbishop of Cape Town, South Africa. Archbishop Tabo's life is punctuated with stories of hope and oppression, joy and anger, truth and reconciliation. Darkness may survive, but light will always shine where Jesus comes in and dispels this darkness. To pray on the way of love is to dwell intentionally with God each day, whether in thought, word, or deed, individually or corporately. Far from a trite bit of advice, or a platitude awkwardly expressed, or a passive response to injustice, prayer is an intensely powerful practice that centers us on our relationship with God and undergirds the love we show to our neighbors. Archbishop, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Bishop Kerry, my dear friend and, 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 and brother. So wonderful to connect with you. It, it's just always, it's always a joy to be with you. You are, you are a, 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 a light in darkness. You are um, a shining light of Jesus, and you are just a great friend to have. And what a friend we have in Jesus, and what a friend I have in Thabo. Thank you. Indeed, indeed, it's 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 mutual, um, uh, Michael. It's just uh, uh, a special gift that uh, only uh, through Jesus, uh, yes, sir, possible. Yes, sir. But tell me now, you're are are you in Cape Town now, or I'm in Cape Town now? Yes. So you're on. We're talking. Um, I don't know when this will air, but we're actually talking the end of July. And I was wondering how are things in South Africa and Cape Town in terms of COVID nineteen, and are you at home lockdown or what's going on? Um, I'm at home uh, lockdown. The situation is really. Uh, very, very trying. We th- there's no day so far that passes without me hearing that a parishioner has died, and over the last two weeks we've been having a, a clergy or a clergy spouse um, uh, pass away. So it is it is very, very hard. And you know, in South Africa, we are used to uh, long lines of people. Um, waiting to vote, a phenomenon which we are very proud of in our country because mm-hmm. it's associated with holding our leaders to account. 
Yes. But now the long lines are of people waiting for food parcels, a consequence of the economic lockdown and the growing number of, of the unemployed people. So we need your prayers, my brother. Yes. Well, you've got that. You've got that. It can you tell is the is the spread of the virus slowing or is it just still still continuing? It's still continuing. Um uh, the Western Cape, uh, where I'm at, uh, is still uh, the highest in terms of the infection rate, uh-huh. and followed by the Eastern Cape and the area where you were in the Johannesburg holding uh, uh-huh. area uh-huh. is, is also or, or leading. And uh, I looked at the statistics today, even if uh, we don't compare much to the others, but we are on the fifth uh, in the global scale. Oh, of the of, of the infections, so it's quite serious. Well, you please know you're in my prayers and our prayers, and we just keep praying for each other. In, indeed, indeed. Well, I've got it. You mentioned when I was uh, with you. Um, I guess it was last year. Now that I think about it, um, uh, last year in Johannesburg, and while there, you gave me a copy of your book, Faith and Courage: Praying with Mandela. And I read it on the plane coming home, coming back to the States. And I have to tell you, it's a powerful book. It is a powerful book. Thank you. Thank you. How did it come about? I mean, what? Tell us how 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 did you do it? It's a difficult it's a difficult one to say because I I mean from Bishop Scott here, I was asked by the family to go and pray uh, with Nelson Mandela uh, Uh during during his. Uh, failing years, and he uh, he was a neighbor uh, where where we live, uh-huh. and, and and so I would go uh, weekly or when asked to go and, and pray uh, with him, uh-huh. and uh, you know you know there were fun fun moments uh, where when I remember uh, uh, there was a lot of people uh, waiting to. Uh, to see him wanting to be uh, consoled and, you know, trying to just talk with him. I said to him, Madiba, his clan name, uh-huh. don't, don't you feel exhausted by so many people? Uh-huh. He, he was visibly angry. He says, no, 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 no. Archbishop, I don't understand you. Would you rather have me quiet and dead and not relating to people? <laughs> Rather than engaging and talking with them, how can you get tired of people? You know, St. Peter could have taken me. People give me energy. That's why I'm up now. You can't get tired of them. You know, that, that really uh, struck me, and, and I kept it in my, in my heart. Hmm. But later, his family knew that I was reading these prayers, and he was appreciating, and um, two hmm. family members asked me that, Archbishop, we know you've got uh, this uh, journey with Man- Mandela. We don't want to betray your 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 confidence, but it would be wonderful for people to get a glimpse of Mandela's spiritual journey. So that's that's how it came about. Oh, yes, yes, yes. T- tell us about his spiritual journey. A little bit about it. Um, you you you, you know Nelson Mandela was born a Methodist. Uh-huh. And um, baptized a Methodist, uh, and and of course, in terms of uh, 
wanting peace and justice and wanting South Africans uh, to be treated as, as, as human beings and not as uh, passengers and second-class citizens in their country, uh -huh. uh, joined the liberation movement and, jo and joined the armed struggle of the ANC. And uh, he was uh, arrested, uh, sentenced uh, to Robben Island. And in Robben Island, uh, a number of Anglican uh, chaplains and others would go to him, offer him uh, communion, Mm -hmm. And will have communion and uh, and and engage and, and engage them. So that is that is what I call the the church uh -huh. spiritual nurturance. But yeah. his values, um, whether he went to church or or not, his values were really impeccable. Somebody very humble. Somebody who was prepared to die for the values that you and I call the gospel values of love, yes. Yes. Uh, reconciliation, and of going an extra mile and being uh -huh. touched and pained by the pain of the poorest of the poor. So yeah. one could say, uh, you know, always in the American version of uh, faith and courage, I, mm. uh, I add a story and partly prompted by a question uh, somebody asked, uh, who said, but uh, Tabo, uh, given the history of your people in South Africa, given the suffering inflicted by, say, white colonists and settlers who proclaimed themselves Christians, why do you choose to be a Christian? A Christian? And, and I think my answer captures the essence of who, who Madiba is, uh, Nelson Mandela, uh, and I was saying to that person, I'm a Christian, I remain a Christian because I remember that our faith begins with a young Palestinian on a donkey. Yes. And uh, Nelson Mandela really captured that sense of somebody raised a Methodist, somebody raised a, a Christian, but he was prepared to be Christ-like uh, yes. in his interventions. So, so did you? So you went over and you prayed with him and talked. I mean, t tell tell folk who haven't read the book what did you actually do? Okay, uh, I mean, I I would go um, uh, sometimes with my wife, and then we will we will sit uh, with him, and we 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 will talk about a, a range of, of of issues. I mean, he will say, uh, Archbishop. Um, I agree with some of your politicals, uh, or, uh, and then he will be quiet and say, not political statements, but some of your sermons that are published in, um, in the public uh -huh. domain. Uh, but, but, but politically, I have problems with some of them. Uh, huh. And then we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about, uh, I was quite vocal about uh, his predecessor about one uh, during his administration that... Um, uh -huh. A lot is going wrong. Uh, there was uh, corruption, and mm -hmm. uh, he would say, uh, "I love him as a person. Yes, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, uh, but uh, th there are other there are other ways in which you, you could say that." And then, after really talking and engaging, uh, I will always uh, end uh, with with a prayer. Uh, uh -huh. The first the first time I. I, I prayed, and he said, now, Archbishop, uh, where, where, where is the prayer? Because I need to sit down and almost like ruminate and look at the prayer afterwards. 
I said, no, I said it from the heart. He said, oh, no, please, could you just write it down <laughs> the next time? Which was <laughs> very, very, very edifying to, to know that uh, he valued the prayers. And we will talk really like when you do a home visit to, to an elderly person, we yes. will talk about his fears and we'll talk yeah. about his longing. Uh, we will talk about how he sees uh, South Africa now that uh, now that he's retired. I mean, he was a very wise man. He tried to steer off uh, party politics or criticizing uh, mm-hmm. the administration. Then he will talk about general principles or quickly go back to to the prayer and say, "No, no." But in this prayer, you uh-huh. said Barnabas is an encourager. How can Barnabas be an encourager? Almost like, <laughs> come on, Archbishop move away from pushing me into partisan issues. Just just beautiful. Mm. Mm. Did you ever get a sense, and, and actually I'm asking this maybe about him, um, um, about Archbishop Tutu, and about you. Given the history um, of South Africa, which is very similar to our history here in the States, in terms of apartheid, in terms of segregation, even in terms of white supremacy and domination and all of that, we we have parallels in our two histories. How did you learn to forgive? Um, for forgiveness is a journey. Yeah, it's 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 a journey for me that is uh, undergirded maybe by the look and Jesus, hmm. uh, who says. Tabo, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. It was it was really uh, very difficult to say, but how can my neighbor who is a Christian yes. demean me? Now, how, how, yeah. how, how, do I, how do I forget? How do I forgive? And when we grew up, Nelson Mandela and Desmond Tutu will say something like uh, to the white minority then, hey, you are not free until we are all free. Yeah. And that for me was very, very powerful. That, my goodness, as a downtrodden, marginalized, demeaned, person, I hold power over my oppressor, mm. that he is not free unless I am free. So, so that resonated. Then, then neighbor assumed a different meaning uh, for me. Neighbor said, as I pray as in the victim in the story of the Good Samaritan, uh-huh. or the victim, uh, you know, Franz Fagnon is very popular now with yeah. the students here. I pray for the wretched of the earth. The, the wretched of the earth. earth. You mean he's yeah. back in popularity? Wow, that's taking me back to college. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's back, huh? <laughs> the marginalized, those who've been deprived of their um, sustainability, those who are in pain, uh-huh. know, know that 
They are healed when they are healed. You are healed when they are healed. So yes. the whole essence of Ubuntu, that I am because we are. Yes. And one started now living, practicing that, um, and not putting things under the table. And that's where, I mean, with its criticism, uh, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission really helped, and Madiba, Nelson Mandela's attitude of saying, we all belong, we are all South Africans. You know, his yes. sense of nationhood uh, ensured yes. that we, we talk to each other, we give feedback to each other, and we listen to each other. We're still on that journey. Um, uh -huh. uh, my friend, we, we're not yet there, but it's a journey that is bringing about healing, that is bringing about transformation, and we, we can't drop the ball. Hmm. Well, tell us about you. How did the archbishop that you are, a, 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 a real instrument of God's love and reconciliation and justice and compassion, I mean, you really are, both in the Anglican world and, and in, in South Africa itself and, and in Southern Africa, but where does one who is now the archbishop come from? Where does this faith come from? Thank you so much. I'm, I really am humbled um, by your, your, by what you say, your very kind word. And, and, and as you know, um, uh, it applies also from me to you. When I, I think um, uh, God has called us at a, a precious time and yes. has taken us from where we are uh, to be his instrument of light yes. and peace and justice. Yes. And I, I, I come from the uh, Mapoba family, and in South African uh, polity and culture, it's called the Mapoba royalty. Uh, I always tease people that maybe if I was not a, a, a cleric, I would have <laughs> ended up wearing a sheepskin and counting cows and. <laughs> 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 finding people there for <laughs> this and that. <laughs> so, so this that that's that, that's that's where I hail from. <laughs> I could have been a, a very big man eating uh, probably lamb and steak every day from um, oh, yeah. uh, cattle and 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 the, and and the sheep. But that's my background in rural uh, South Africa, and. Uh -huh. My great-grandfather uh, was a, a, what we call a warrior, a uh -huh. very, very courageous man, and who in the 1895 uh, fought the South African uh, Republic uh, when they displaced the Makobas from a place called Makobas Kluth, and then... Uh -huh. He got the Mokhobas to fight, but unfortunately, uh, he was uh, beheaded. Oh. And even to date, we, we as the Mokhobas are still hoping that we will find his head somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. And then from that battle of the Mokhobas, they called the Mokhobas battle, the Mokhobas were scattered all over. And as a, 
Afrikaans boek, or a German boek, dat eet zegt die land, almost like a beautiful land, somewhere, milk of honey, and then, uh, and it ends somewhere with, uh, the Mahobas were killed, displaced, and that was the end uh, of, of, of the Mahobas. And mm. my dad and his dad then ran to uh, one of the oldest uh, township called Alexander Township. Incidentally, that's the township where Nelson Mandela, uh, coming from the Eastern Cape, went to, and he stayed uh, in a rectory uh, of the Anglican Church, and uh, mm. apparently the rector expelled him because uh, he was leasing and he started uh, having girlfriends. And the rector said, oh, no, 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 this is going to embarrass the church. So then my father went there. And Alexander Township was called the Dark City. It was where uh, it's dark, it's squalor, it's... Uh, a lot of gangsterism. Uh, it was not uncommon to see uh, somebody dead. Uh, so, I mean, I, I relate that graphically, but just to say, I feel like uh, I was saved by uh, the light of Christ that, sh that shone on mm -hmm. darkness uh, coming out of, of Alexander Township. And whilst we were there in that squalor and enjoying ourselves and really forming friendship, uh, the then government felt that Alexander was just too dark and too black and too filthy, and they wanted to move all the people of Alexander because you you, you will recall Alexander's next next to Sentin and Wendywood, all those posh suburbs. But the people um, objected. But my family, unfortunately, was one of those that were forcibly removed to Soweto, a place called Pimville. And uh, in Pimville, that's where, that's where I grew up and uh, went to the church youth groups and uh, uh, we were conscientized about, uh, you know, the need to, to fight and the need uh, to join the liberation movement and bring about uh, 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 peace and with justice in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you, you know, I, was, I always tell people that I almost uh, uh, joined and went away had it not been the fact that uh, I am a twin, uh, and before my twin oh. sister died, I looked at my twin sister and said, my, now, if I skip the country and go, uh, who will fight my battles? Because she was the stronger one <laughs> and, huh. and huh. always <laughs> fought my battles. Uh -huh. But then... Uh, I didn't, and I really struggled with uh, how do I become forgiving? How do I live as a black male when other males were being killed, other males were running the country? You sort of felt like you are betraying the country, you are be betraying uh, uh, the movement, you're betraying yourself. And the most important thing was just skip the country, go and be trained or the military army and come back and, uh, and take over. And I remember sharing now with uh, my rector and then he made an appointment for me to see uh, Bishop Tutu then uh, mm -hmm. and share my struggle. And then, you know, in a, in a very Desmond Tutu-like, uh, he says, 
oh yeah, well, if, if God is calling you to do that, uh, you go, you 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 go and pray about it. But have you really prayed about uh, what you want to achieve? I said, yes, I want to achieve peace. I said, oh really? So you achieve peace by taking up arms? Huh. And now, now that hit home. Huh. I want peace by taking up arms. And wow. it really started working, working at me. And, uh, you know, I, I pray with him every Friday morning. We just, uh, even to date, and we, 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 we normally talk about that. And I, 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 I tell him that I'm very grateful just for that statement because it stayed yeah. uh, with me. He says, oh, come on, come on, come on. It wasn't me. It was, uh, it was God, uh, God. Uh, using this decrepit, uh, uh, feeble person, you know, very, very, yeah, very yeah. humble. Yeah. So that has been my journey. I went to college. So, but before then, I, I was doing a, a science degree. Then went to college, finished at college. Was at the cathedral in Johannesburg for ten years, and then was appointed a rector to a parish. Um, with also a very difficult history uh, because it was where, it's called Sophia Town, where mm -hmm. the people of Sophia Town were all moved out of Sophia Town because Sophia Town was a mixed uh, group and they were sent mm -hmm. to Soweto and other parts of, of Johannesburg. And Sophia Town was renamed Triumph. Triumph means triumph. Yeah. So it meant the Afrikaners had triumphed over the blacks and have taken over their place and they flattened all their homes and they accommodated um, working class uh, white Afrikaners there. So I was a priest there where, by God's grace, Christ the King Sophia Town was one of the two buildings that were never destroyed. Now this is where uh, Bishop Michael, you see that almost like uh, that beautiful passage in John, mm -hmm. that that uh, you, you you know the uh, John one five, I think that the light mm -hmm. shines in darkness and darkness did not overcome it. Yes, because that parish what changed hands. It became a boxing gymnasium. It became huh. the training center. It became a storage room for um, uh, government papers. And then it was bought, bought by a Pen African Pentecostal church. They took the sanctuary area, converted it into a full imagined uh, uh, baptistry. And then the congregation dwindled. And huh. the Anglicans were asked to buy it. And I was grateful that our bishop and chapter then bought it. And I was asked now to go and be the rector of this parish that had no parishioners. <laughs> and it was a building in a white suburb and now putting this thorn in that area. And I remember uh -huh. our first Easter service where I had invited people from all over to say, those that were in Sophia Town before, please come and worship. Yes. So we had 
a night vigil, and in the evening, they, the neighbors uh, tripped the electricity, and mm -hmm. they threw stones into the church, and they called the police to say, they are trying to sleep, and we are, uh, these blacks are noisy. So we have come a long way, my brother. Yes. <laughs> a long way. <laughs> uh -oh. The old preachers but, here in this country say we've come a mighty long way, a mighty long way. <laughs> mighty long way. So darkness may survive, but light will always shine where yes. Jesus comes in and dispels this darkness. Yes. How do you pray? Is there a certain prayer that has helped urge you forward in your spiritual life? I've got to ask you, you have, um, um, you and a number of others led um, um, an effort to make a statement um, from many of us who are Anglicans uh, about climate change, environmental issues that was partially inspired by Black Lives Mattered and um, the killing of, of uh, George Floyd here in the United States and the impact of climate change and environmental degradation um, on the poorest of the poor. And I'm wondering, how did you get involved in environmental issues? People would expect you to be involved um, in anti-poverty work. People would expect you to be involved in issues of human equality and dignity. But what got you involved in climate change, the environment? Because you're a leader on that front. You were a leader at the Paris um, conference um, a few years ago. Yeah, how did yeah. you get involved in that? Why And why? Um, uh Maybe uh, Bishop Michael, let's 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 look at, um, and, and I'm glad you you've raised the issue of racial injustice, and uh, uh, and maybe let me paint it from there. You, you know, before we issued mm -hmm. that that statement on the environment, um, uh -huh. I, together with a number of other faith leaders here in Cape Town, the Muslims, mm -hmm. the Baha'i, uh, the mm -hmm. Uh, and, and the other denominations. Uh -huh. uh, we went to the steps of the cathedral and we held a silent vigil. Mm -hmm. And after um, uh, 45 minutes, we all knelt down on our knee and, and said, we can't breathe. Yes. I read a statement and said, we too are tired almost like what you said, we're tired, we are sick to death, we are exhausted. Yes. And a seemingly never-ending struggle that the people of color still face well into the 21st century. And then we mm. said, this applies to us 25 years later at the end of political apartheid. We still want to be treated equally uh, by all the arms of the state. So, I mean, you can imagine, I mean, it, it has put me in some... Uh, some, some, some difficulties uh, in the other sectors of our society here. But we were saying black lives uh, matter. But now yes. if you link it to the environment and 
Uh-huh. You see, uh, let me take the, the example. When I went to Mozambique after Cyclone I Die, you, you could see that the hotels, the posh places, even uh-huh. those that were next to uh, the, the sea, were not affected that much. The poorest of the poor, with mud houses, fetch uh-huh. roofs, their houses, their cattle, their farms were all washed down the stream. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the means to mitigate against climate change. Yes. They didn't have a voice who will speak for them. Yes. You could see that even the, the just the spatial location of where they are, their houses were almost in a 100-year flood line. And then one started realizing that climate change is also about climate justice. Yes. That the poorest of the poor who creates the least amount of combustion are the ones that are suffering the most. Mm-hmm. And they are unable to mitigate the forces and the impact of climate change. Uh-huh. Whilst those that are using a lot of coal, emitting carbon gases, have even the audacity to deny that it's a reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then one sees that climate change, as somebody used to criticize me, I asked Bishop, come on, get, get on with the real thing. Stop hugging trees. I uh-huh. said, no, climate change is not about hugging trees. Climate change <laughs> is where the rubber hits, hits the road. That's the phase of where justice needs to be seen. Uh-huh. Because its impact affects mainly the poorest of the poor. And so in Paris, uh, when I went, I was also humbled because we collected almost 2 million signatures yes. uh, across Africa. And we mm-hmm. gave them to Christina Figueres and said, these are the signatures of the young people in the African continent who are saying, please, Mm-hmm. Help us mitigate, help us with the, uh, the climate fund because uh, we are emitting less, but we are paying more. And mm-hmm. help us to build where our houses won't just be pushed by, by anything, uh, by the storms, which we have coexisted with, but because of climate change, the frequency of rains is high and the amount of rain is high and the rivers are filling. And on the other side of the same place, people will complain that drought has increased, our stocks are dying and we can no longer do farming. So then that's the face of justice. Yes and where we are needed to bring Christ's light. Mm. 
there's, there's an old saying um, among black folk here in the United States that uh, when America gets a cold, black folk get pneumonia. Exactly. <laughs> the poor always get it worse. But eventually, everybody gets it. Eventually, everybody gets it. It goes back to, you know, uh, Madiba and Desmond Tutu, that eventually, if the black, the poor are not free, no one is free. That's right. That's right. You, so where does this passion come from? And it's not just an episodic passion. This isn't a fad for you. This is part of your life. Where does that come from? Um, indeed, indeed. I mean, I, um, I always, you know, look at look at people that have fire burning in them. I mean, you're one of those. You know, when when I, when I look look at you talking about the Jesus movement, you know. Uh, uh -huh. one feels it that you know my brother Michael feels feels lives you know every iota of his, or the sinews of his body uh, believes and, and 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 hears this mm. and 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 I, and I think we share we share the same the same journey I mean uh, as those uh, who 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 are baptized. I mean, we hear it yeah. clearly when, you know, in, this, in the story, for example, in Luke, when Jesus says, uh, go and do likewise. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, and, 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 and every day I say, now, how do I, how do I, in my walking, in my praying, in the challenges that I face, this is, it's not easy uh, as a primate, but in the challenges that I face, how, how, how do I become a vessel that mm. uh, accompany uh, others into finding and and hearing Christ? You know, when mm -hmm. I when I came, when I came to Cape Town as a new Archbishop, um, I took as one of my practical ministry the water and sanitation matter. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, and I got uh, a nickname called the 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 toilet archbishop. And really? I used to, I, I used to have. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new I one. To, I, I know. I know. <laughs> you, you know, I used to take uh, leaders from various uh, denominations and walks of life. And we uh -huh. will do what we call a walk of witness. Uh -huh. And in those walks of witness, we will say little, but go to an area where people don't have water, mm -hmm. they don't have sanitation, they have to go fetch water far, and um, the, the bucket system... Uh, where they don't have a flush toilets is not co uh, collected, and there's a whole host of uh, waterborne diseases, and we will go in our castles and walk there. You know, almost see, smell, and our feet will touch uh, that squalor and that smell, 
And then afterwards, we will come back and reflect. And inevitably, the journalists will come and take a picture and uh, make a big story out of it, and we will pray about it. And now, that walk of witness, or those walks of witness, irritated the, uh, the Western Cape government. And they said, that's political posturing and that, but we never got into partisan debates until they said, no, we need to talk. And we talk uh, around the table, and the city and the people in those uh, squatter areas uh, came up with what we call the janitorial compact, where the city agreed that they will build proper toilets, they will clean those toilets, and the people in those uh, squalor or squatter areas also agreed that we will do this and this. So there is a janitorial compact as we talk, but in some places, uh, the journey is still... Uh, a long walk to freedom, as Nelson Mandela says. So that yeah. comes from the fact that I believe that Michael is made in the image of God and deserves to be treated as such. And if I really believe uh, that I want to be treated in a particular way, I should treat uh, the other in a particular way and yes. in a loving and humane way. It's not easy sometimes because when one is also called to be uh, the archbishop and you, you, you pass judgment and, and you, mm. you, you, you look at the canons and then you say, yeah. what is the most loving thing to do? And you say, the right. most loving thing to do is to sanction. And people say, oh, you are cruel, Tabo. You yeah. go about saying you're a good Samaritan, but you're sanctioning. But... Uh, tough yeah. love also is love. Yes, it is. One last area that we haven't touched on. You're the chair of the um, Lambeth Design uh, Committee that's doing the uh, planning team that's doing all the planning and design and the Lambeth Conference of Bishops that the Archbishop brings all of the bishops of the Anglican Communion together and their spouses. Um, it's been postponed until 2022, I believe. Yes. Um, because of the pandemic. Um, but I'm wondering, the reality is there is um, some division and brokenness even in the Anglican communion. Um, and you've been an instrument of reconciliation in that. And I'm wondering what your hope for the Lambeth and hope for the Anglican communion, what is it? My, my, my hope for the Lambeth conference and the and the Anglican Communion is really this idea and notion of accompaniment uh -huh. that we we become each other's brother and each other's sister and each other's keeper. Uh -huh. That we acknowledge and celebrate the dignity of difference, that we will always differ. We will never agree what constitutes a, a family. And we will never agree as a family. I mean, I look at my twin sister and I look at my cousins 
and I look at my other family members. Mm-hmm. We don't agree on a number of things, but we still love each other. And we can disagree forcefully, but we know that we are family. And so my hope for the Lambeth Conference and my hope for the Anglican Communion is that we may continue to be that place, as Archbishop Rowan once said, where Christ is revealed. Yes. That we will not be threatened by our differences, Hmm. our understanding, our geopolitical location, that we will work to ensure that justice assumes the face of Jesus Christ. Yes. And once we do that, we will not fear the other. Yes. We will not want to push unity against all odds, but we will want to push justice. Uh We will say, what is the just thing that the communion can be and do at this time? We will look at climate justice. We will look at those that are not welcome in the Lord's table. We will look at our message to the young. We will look at how do we not, you know, I don't like the issue of uh, legacy, you know, when uh, Nelson Mandela was asked, uh, what do you want uh, people to say about you? He says, uh, the people will say about me uh, how they encountered me. And basically mm-hmm. it was meaning the people hopefully will say I was compassionate, merciful, and loving. Yes. And it is my my hope and wish that Uh, the Anglican communion will be known by its love for all its people, for God's creation, and that it will be that space where battle are fought, where peace and justice kiss each other, as the psalmist says, Mm. where each one can find their identity. I know it's very difficult, but we are called to belong, to be one. So that is really my my hope and prayer that Lambeth will, will, will attain and that the Anglican Communion will point all of us as its members at, at, at towards. Well, you just answered my last question because I was going to ask you, And what is your hope and dream for a country like the United States? And I dare say it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You know, when when you said, I wish that your number one person there uh, wouldn't pose outside the church, but Uh, would open the Bible and read what is in it. I said, hallelujah, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) I got in some trouble for that, but that's okay. Oh, my dear friend, it, what this has been such, such a joy. 
and, and a privilege and a blessing for all of us. Thank you so much. Best to your wife, best to the dear clergy and people of the province of Southern Africa, and, and blessed to you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of The Way of Love with Bishop Michael Curry. If you'd like to learn more about Archbishop Tabo Makoba, visit his website at archbishop.anglicanchurchsa.org. If you'd like to know more about how you can begin the work of praying, check out our show notes for information on Archbishop Tabo's book, Faith and Courage, Praying with Mandela, Global Partnerships Resources, and more. As always, you can learn more about Bishop Curry and the way of love, including how to create your own personal rule of life at episcopalchurch.org. Thanks this week to Archbishop Tabo Makoba, Bishop Curry, Nancy Davidge, Jerusalem Greer, Chris Sikama, Jeremy Tackett, and Scott Van Pletzerans. I'm Sandy Milien, and I'll see you next time on The Way of Love. The way of Jesus is the way of love, and the way of love can change the world.